0: You're listening to Comedy Central. April 18, 2018.
1: From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Here's the District.
0: Is the author of the new book, yeah. She Persisted Around the World? Chelsea Clinton is joining us. Yeah. But first up, if you are a racist barista at Starbucks, good news. <laughs> You've got about a month left to while out.
1: Starbucks is in high level damage control after this video showing two black men arrested for trying to use the bathroom and refusing to leave a Philadelphia store. Well, the coffee chain just announced it will be closing more than 8,000 of its stores in the U.S. It's for racial bias training for nearly 175,000 employees. I'm embarrassed, ashamed. I think what occurred was reprehensible at every single level. I think I take it very personally as everyone in our company does, and we're committed to making it right.
0: That was a really great interview. It's just a shame that when it ended, Gail King was arrested for not ordering a coffee. (laughs) No, no, but but, but seriously though, I wanna say props to Starbucks, right? As a company, they didn't just apologize, they're actually doing something about it. And I think that's a pretty cool thing. And I bet from now on, they're gonna be a lot more careful when it comes to dealing with race. In fact, I was thinking, you know what black people should do? I think we should see just how far we can push Starbucks now <laughs> just to mess with them. Like, yeah, now we go back after they've done the racial bias training and just use the bathroom but take all, all the toilet paper home with us. <laughs> yeah, just be like, y- y'all have a problem with this? Y'all, y'all, no, 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 you don't? I appreciate your sensitivity, yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, we should just go crazy just to mess with them, you know? Bring our whole church in there, throw a barbecue. <laughs> You know, started braiding hair in the corner of Starbucks. And you know what, while we're at it, we're just gonna sell our own coffee as well. Again, Starbucks, I appreciate your sensitivity. Y'all got changed for a 20? No, it's fine, well done, Starbucks, we appreciate it. But moving on, uh, here's something I didn't know. Apparently, when we take a dump in New York City, it stinks in Alabama.
1: Folks in Alabama aren't exactly thrilled over a new export from New York, they're calling it the poop train. It's a big train carrying New York's human waste. Now, this is no joke, for months now, for two months, the uh, train has been parked next to a little league baseball field in the tiny town of Parrish. And people say the train smells exactly how you would expect it to smell. I thought we had dead bodies around. I thought I was actually hitting
0: animals or dead animals with the lawn bores. Yo. Local news should have to pay black people royalties for their interviews because they take every single story to the next level. Did you hear what he just said? He was just like, man, I thought I was hitting animals with my lawnmower. <laughs> you know, like I always do. You know how it is, cutting grass. you like, rrr, rrr, rrr. and you're like, ah, a cat. Rrr, rrr, rrr. Oh, goddamn, a squirrel. Like, what grass are you cutting? <laughs> I will say, though, as someone who lives in New York, I felt so bad when I heard that our poop is being exported down south. It's a horrible thing. Now, every time I'm done in the bathroom, I just want to tweet Alabama and be like, yo, guys, I just had Indian. Watch out, man. That's my bad. Like... And by the way, by the way, if that train is coming from New York, I bet you there's one confused tourist who actually dently got on it, you know? Just like by mistake, there's one tourist who's like, excuse me, sir, is this the Q train? But let's move on to some major international news. For decades, North Korea has been one of the world's biggest challenges A rogue nation armed with nuclear weapons. In fact, when Barack Obama handed off the presidency to Donald Trump, he told him that North Korea would be the biggest problem that he would face. Now, of course, back then, Obama didn't know that Trump had sex with Stormy Daniels, but that's not his fault. (laughs) Anyway, just a couple of months ago, people feared that nuclear war was on the horizon. But now, North and South Korea could be on the brink of a major breakthrough.
1: North and South Korea could be preparing to announce a permanent end to the Korean War after a 65-year ceasefire.
0: President Trump giving his
1: blessing to a new round of peace talks between North and South Korea.
0: They've been very generous that without us and without me in particular, I guess, you would have to say that they wouldn't be discussing anything, including the Olympics would have been a failure Instead, it was a great success. You know, you know I, I know. I know our first instinct is to hate, and it's also weird that Trump makes it all about himself, but, but Trump is right, right? If it wasn't for his craziness, North Korea would have never come to the table. You know, that's what he did. Trump is like the near-death experience that makes people forget why they were fighting in the first place. <laughs> that's who he is. So this seems like actual progress. And we also learned, we just learned in fact, that the Trump administration has been sliding into
1: Kim Jong's DMs. Stunning news tonight. Word that CIA Director Mike Pompeo secretly met with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un just a few weeks ago. Just yesterday, the White House said it doesn't comment on the CIA director's travel. The president writings, meeting went very smoothly and a good relationship was formed.
0: Wow, this is big news. Things are really changing between the US and North Korea. CIA chief Mike Pompeo secretly met with Kim Jong-un, which is a big deal because it's been almost 18 years since North Korea's leader met with a high level American. Not high, high level, okay? (laughs) Like, the last time this type of meeting happened, it was the year 2000. You realize back then, Kim Jong-un hadn't even adopted his signature hairstyle yet. He was still rocking the Rachel. This is way back. (laughs) And I I will say, in this whole story, in this whole story, it's so funny to see how excited President Trump is about finally getting something right. Because as you heard, everyone who works for Trump was trying to keep the Kim Jong-un meeting under wraps but Trump being Trump just couldn't keep it to himself. <laughs> he tweeted about it, and then just, just, just watching the way Trump couldn't hold it in is probably the funniest thing I've seen all day. Who in the administration has talked with North Korea directly, sir? but he couldn't help you. You could see he was like, be presidential, be presidential, be presidential. Yes. Yes, we talked to him. 3 p.m. on Tuesday in a secret location. No, I'm sorry, can we, can we just play that one more time? Can we play one more time? Who in the administration has talked with North Korea directly, sir? It gets better the more you watch it. Because like, this is funny, the whole point of a secret meeting is that you're not supposed to tell anyone. If you're in the CIA, you must, you must dread sharing information with Donald Trump. And be like, sir, I finished my secret mission. Trump is like, okay, hold on. You guys won't believe who's here. It's Jason Bourne. Jason Bourne is here, everybody. Okay, where were we? Sorry about that. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is a best-selling author and vice chair of the Clinton Foundation whose latest book is called, She Persisted Around the World, 13 Women Who Changed History. Please welcome Chelsea Clinton. (laughs)
1: Thank you. From welcome, raw water welcome, to Welcome, welcome, welcome.
0: From raw water to you. Have you ever drank raw water? No. You shouldn't.
1: No, you I really, shouldn't. No re- one should. Yeah, as a forever. health... As
0: a, You have a, a master's in health, don't you? Yes, a doctorate public health. In public health. Yes, public health. yes. You don't... You wouldn't drink no. it? No. Okay. No. Not even, like, a little
1: bit? No, and I also vaccinate my children. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow.
0: So you just you just fell for all of it, hooked line uh, and you sinker. Know,
1: it's called science. Well,
0: it's raw water it's, it's, in it's here. It's addictive.
1: Oh, well, you can you can have mine too.
0: <laughs> no, welcome welcome to the show. Thank um, you. I'm thrilled be- to be here. Before we get into the book, uh, which is really fun and inspiring, um, I just want to take a moment to ask you about the relationship you had with former first lady uh, Barbara Bush. Um, we've seen many people speak about her in such beautiful terms but your family had a direct relationship with the Bushes. Uh, Are there any memories or ideas that you have of Barbara Bush that, like, specifically make you remember her fondly?
1: Well, thank you, Trevor. Uh, Mrs. Bush was always incredibly kind to me, uh, even when we were moving into the White House. You know, even though uh, my father had defeated her husband in the 92 election, she could not have been more warm to me. And uh, when we saw them then eight years later... Uh, after her son had won uh, the election, um, she was similarly so, so warm and uh, not in any way um, kind of gloating. Right. It just, she was so dignified and not in a, in a cold or austere way. Um, and she was as funny as everyone is saying she really? is. Really? But what I remember the most is how fondly everyone in the White House spoke about her the butlers, the ushers, the housekeepers, the florists, the historians, Right. just how in the four years that she had lived there, she left everyone who worked with her, the real impression that they all had mattered to her, and that wouldn't have been their impression if it hadn't been true.
0: Right, it's, it's an interesting dynamic, the, the relationship between a new first family and the old, and that's that's a dynamic that in many ways feels frayed under this presidency right now. What is interesting, though, is I've noticed that repeatedly online, you've come to the aid or the defense of either uh, President Obama's daughters or President Trump's son, Barron, when people have gone after him. Why do you think that's so important for people to try and observe is keeping the kids out of the frame?
1: Uh, For a few reasons. One, I think it's just common decency to respect a child's privacy. Right. And I would hope that any of us in any situation would stand up against bullying of children. I mean, hopefully bullying of everyone, but I think bullying of children is particularly reprehensible. Right. uh, And it's never okay. Um, I also think uh, because, you know, the children of uh, the people who run uh, for public office and certainly those who win the presidency, you know, we didn't make that choice, Right. and I don't think it's fair to um, reflect whatever our opinions are of President Trump, and um, probably uh, you know my opinions of President Trump, <laughs> onto his we, we onto, onto his yeah. son Barron. Right. Um, I think that is uh, unfair and, and inappropriate, um, in the same way that uh, I feel that's true for uh, Sasha Malia Obama mm-hmm. and true for, for anyone who is a child um, anywhere, uh, including in the White House.
0: You, you have a passion for children that um, exudes through a lot of your work. This book is no different. Um, she persisted around the world. The uh, subsequent book following She Persisted It's a story of 13 women who changed history. And it's really illustrated beautifully. It's stories about women who've changed the world. It seems like a story that everyone should know about every woman, and yet it feels like it's an important story that we need to keep telling.
1: Oh, I completely uh, agree. Uh, Clearly I agree. I wrote the book. Um, (laughs) That, you know, we need uh, to... Uh, celebrate and amplify the stories of women who have made our world healthier, more equitable, more just, have brought kind of more beauty into the world. Uh, And I don't think we know enough of those stories. And um, I quote Sally Ride in She Persisted, the first book, um, when she said, you know, it's hard to imagine what you can't see. And I want every young reader who reads my books to be able to to see themselves in these stories, uh, particularly the girls. Right. And, and I want the boys uh, to look around at their girl classmates, their sisters, and think, "Wow, they can and should do whatever they want to do."
0: And when we, when you see some of the women in the books, some of these women who changed history, why did you pick them in particular? Like you have. Uh, Marie Curie, for instance, you—you—you, someone who's changed history. But like, just on her story, why—why did you feel that she inspired you to tell her story?
1: Well, I have always loved science, and uh, I remember learning about her story as a little girl, as the first woman to win a Nobel Prize. And then as I got older, learning um, all that she had to do—she had to leave her home country of Poland to be able to get the education she wanted. She even kind of you know, 100 years ago spoke about how she had to work twice as hard as the men in her classes to right. be recognized even half as much. Um, and so I just, I wanted to celebrate and share her story to inspire all the little you know, would-be scientists out there. Do
0: you think there's a part of you that wrote the book for yourself and your daughter at the same
1: time? Oh, well, I haven't thought about that. Um, I, I know, Trevor, you've written a book. I think once kind of we have these ideas in our heads and our hearts, you know, sometimes we just feel called to put them onto the page. And right. that was certainly true for me. I think being a parent of a daughter and a son, though, made this particularly important to me.
0: It's a fun book. It's uh, beautiful illustrations that uh, I think in a, in a lightweight touch on a topic that's uh, really uh, filled with gravity. So thank you very much for being thank on you the so, show. Thanks thank so much for really appreciate me. it. Thank, thank you. you so
1: much. Thank you. She
0: persisted around the world, is available now. Chelsea from everybody. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for exclusive content and
1: more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.